Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Here's an interesting story in the newsletter today, and it says the victims groups, two victims groups in particular, and making reference to the Innocent Victims United and the Southeast Fermanagh Foundation, CEF. Uh, they're uh, warning that they do not back legacy plans. I want to speak to Kenny Donaldson, who's uh, very much associated uh, with both the groups, both the organisations, but um, would be the, the main man with Innocent Victims United. Um, Kenny, good morning. Good morning, Frank. How are you? Uh, I'm v- very well, Kenny. Now, there'll be people who will have forgotten what was announced in 2014 as part of the Stormont House Agreement. This is something that you're not overly enamoured by. Well, Frank, I suppose um, our organisation, Innocent Victims United, which is a consortia for 23 victims organisations representing over 11,500 people, and obviously CEF, South East Somalia Foundation, is one of those groups. Um, we had, at all times over the last uh, five years, expressed concerns with the construct of a number of these different institutions. And I suppose the core point that we make is that whatever set of proposals we have uh, going forward must be, um, you know, there must be equity. There must be a sense that all victims have a sense of, of securing justice, truth and accountability. And as things stand, we do not see uh, the opportunities for the innocent victims of terrorism to pursue their rights on those issues uh, in the same way that those whom, who may have been um, uh, grievances against the state uh, might be able to do so. We need to remember that the UK state is a signatory to the ECHR and it's Article 2 um, compliant uh, re- requirements and responsibilities. Terrorist organisations do not. So what do you want to see? You, do you want to see something entirely separate for innocent victims? No, Frank, that certainly is not what we're asking for. What we're asking for is actually the law of the land to take its course. And what we've saw over the last 20 years is a range of attempts to actually undermine the criminal justice system. And that's been at the behest of the political system to keep this supposed uh, political show on the road. And we know where the political show is, and we have to ask ourselves the questions, why? And the reality is because our legacy and the way that we've dealt with um, what's happened here for 40 years has been totally and utterly mishandled. And what we have said is that if we go forward and break the cycle of violence once and for all, that up front in this process we must have from all uh, contributors, the two states and all the terror organisations and their political annexes, an acknowledgement up front and personal that there was no justification for the use of violence in the furtherance or defence of their political objective. 
that will build the goodwill from which other work can then continue. But how can we go forward when we don't have that most basic acknowledgement in place? And how would that acknowledgement come? Would it come in the form of condemnation from some senior political figures who would have been in the executive about the activities of groups or organisations that they themselves used to be in? Yes, and I think very clearly they would have to have their own internal consultation with the organisations to which they're aligned so that they were speaking on behalf as they do whenever it suits and they will be speaking on behalf of those organisations in acknowledgement that whatever grievances people had in this land, and there were grievances, whether real or perceived, was there ever a justification for taking your neighbour's life? And we very much say that there was not. This society has got confused. and We're almost in a place now where we have adopted this idea of communal victimhood that pretty much every single one of us that lived here was responsible for what happened. And would the British government have to come out and clearly speak about collusion? I believe that all contributors, whether it was wrong, committed, Frank, it needs to be acknowledged and dealt with once and for all. But how, 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 how do they do this? How do they do this if, they, if the British government have files that aren't going to be open for another hundred years? How can, how, how can you call on them to do it? Well, Frank, I think, you know, that if, if you look closely at the legislation, the requirement upon the UK government in terms of disclosure is very, very clear. It's in there within the draft bill, and they certainly have committed to a heck of a lot more than the than the Republic of Ireland state, um, which, you know, it's an unfortunate language to use, but they really are on the run in terms of legacy. And the, the Republic of Ireland state have committed to zero at this stage, and yet they were um, the second state in, in terms of what happened. And there were 83 innocents murdered in that particular state, but there are over 550 murders of a cross-border disposition for which the Republic of Ireland government has, has a role. Um, so all of that needs to be looked at. But with all the feet dragging, whether it be from the Republic of Ireland government, the British government, you're obviously catching Sinn Féin in the net here, from any group or organisation, from any particular politician who may have in any way been associated with a loyalist grouping, a Republican grouping, anywhere in the past, at any time in the past. With all of that and the, the slow movement of it bringing, failing to bring any conclusion for victims generally, is the 2014 Stormont House Agreement not an option to move forward where an, there's an acceptance of the definition of being a victim and a, and a definition that you wouldn't accept? Well, Frank, I suppose that's the other core point in all of this, that we had a, a definition of victim foisted upon us in 2006. It was emergency legislation rushed in overnight uh, in the Houses of Parliament, um, and it was rushed in at that point as an appeasement exercise, again, for Sinn Féin at that stage. Now, the reality is we have to look at what's happened over the last 13 years. People continue to say, when the system around legacy is broken, it's piecemeal. You won't get any arguments from me on that. But what you will get as an argument is that replacing it with something which is not fit for purpose is not something that we can give cognizance to. The reality is that many, many innocent victims and indeed um, the broader community have an acknowledgement at this stage that there is limited possibilities of putting large numbers of people um, through prison doors once again in terms of punitive justice outcomes. That's accepted. But what will never be accepted is the issue that is very much on our doorsteps day and daily this attempt to rewrite history to give a form of justification that actually people were good to be murdered. That was never the case. 
And that's what we have almost adopted as a narrative within this society. And that's very, very dangerous. The hopes for setting up the re-establishing of an assembly and an executive is running separate from the legacy issue. But is that down to the fact that legacy is being ignored or is that down to an understanding that legacy is in so many ways toxic? I'm not so sure it's wholly uh, separate from the restoration of, of Stormont, to be honest, Frank. It may not be in the formal uh, agenda of, of talks, but beyond an illusion, it's there in the, in the parameters. It's being discussed. And we make it very, very clear that there needs to be an understanding that over the course of the Troubles, there were very many people from across our community. And they had, if you want to call it, every human reason to have borne anger, to have borne a sense of vengeance for what had been done to them. But guess what? The greater majority of this population opted for no violence. They opted to stay on the right side of the law and to do right by their families and the community. And there has been no recognition of any of that. What we have done is, instead, those who have been involved in the terrorism and violence which ravaged this society, we have said in 1984 at the point of those ceasefires, now, guys, you dictate the terms of your surrender. And we have got to where we've got to. And people need to be willing to assess the decisions that were taken. In some many ways, were taken for the right reasons. But we are nevertheless where we are. And do we want to continue to make those victims and survivors the collateral damage of the process? And do you feel anyone's listening to Innocent Victims United? Well, certainly we met with the Secretary of State uh, three weeks ago, and she heard it very straight. We had a group of, of, of folk who sat across from her that day. And it wasn't by design. It was by pure chance because our organisation doesn't look at someone on the basis of their ethnicity, where they stand in the constitutional question, or indeed their religion. But that day we had six folk looking across the table at her. And there were three Protestants and there were three Roman Catholics. There were people from a unionist and people from a nationalist background. And our unity was this, that there is no sense within the society that anyone was justified for murder. The issue of Pat Sanukin came up and each one of us, one right along that table, six of us, said that Pat Sanukin's um, murder was wrong and wholly unjustified. And we put it to the Secretary of State. The difficulty why we don't have reconciliation in this society is that she will meet with other groups who will sit along that table and they will be choice about the violence to which they will condemn. Kenny Donaldson, I've spoken to you many times about the issue, about the, the topic, and I get a sense that every time I speak to you, you feel you're treading water and you're not making any progress. Uh, and surely it's in some way linked to a political mandate. It's linked to those who have another opinion on this would get many more votes than you would if you were to stand for election. Well, Frank, look at there's there's issues of that right across our world from day dot. Um, people can have political mandates to do particular things. It doesn't make them right. And we respectfully, we know that we are in the minority. And it's, it's, it's ironic in many ways, or in fact, it's sad that in this society, our viewpoint is the minority opinion that all terrorism, criminal violence was wrong from wherever it came from. That's now a minority opinion. And that's, that really illustrates where Northern Ireland has gone to. But we will continue to speak up for what is right. And we won't be choice in the violence that we say it was acceptable or was necessary. None of it was necessary. It was wrong. And there needs to be that 
break of the cycle of violence or we're going to have, sadly, all things which have happened with Larry McKee. What message are we sending out to people who actually committed that murder and those who would support that ideology that presently uh, is operational? Because they have watched and they have saw that whenever uh, the provisional IRA went political, they saw the concessions and, the, and what they were then uh, lavished upon them in order to, to stop the violence. What's, what's to say, Frank, that in 10 years' time that these guys won't also walk through the doors of 10 Downing Street and demand the same and be given the same? Okay. Uh, Kenny Donaldson, uh, thank you for articulating your point this morning. That's the story that's on the front of the newsletter uh, today. Uh, 028 This is the U105 phone-in. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Saving money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save big.